0: Hello and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy and what a delight to be with you on this Wednesday, February the 10th of 2021. And we are excited to come to you again. We are at the middle of the week and uh we are expecting more and 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 expecting God to speak in this hour. Uh, I would like to welcome all of our listeners that are tuning in from wherever you are tuning in, we always consider it an honor uh, that you could join us and take time out of your day to um, study the Word of God with us. And that's what this podcast is. Podcast is it's it's just a way uh, to see the Word of God through a prophetic lens. And, uh, and we pray that it's helping you in your walk with God and also in giving you understanding and what is taking place in this hour, and even how we look at the Word of God and study it. Amen. Today, joining me on the panel is Brother Fernando. Once again, we have our our dear Brother Marty absent, but um, he is with us in spirit, and we look forward to having him back in the next few days And uh, as he will be joining us again. But meanwhile, Brother Fernando, uh, we have been on a journey. We have been in a series on the book of uh, Matthew. Amen. The Lord has been revealing to us some very interesting things through the life of Jesus. We are seeing yes. our exodus, our baptism, right? <laughs> and, and really, uh, what we've been hitting the last two days, we've been, uh, tu- we've been uh, touching, that's the right word, touching um, his experience, his wilderness experience and how that relates to the end time and for us, but it's also a foreshadow of something that will happen, but also of something that took place, right, in the story of Exodus. And uh, we've been seeing some parallels that have been profound and deep. So I'm excited about today's um, study as we continue, and uh, I'm going to leave it to you, Brother Fernando, to share what God has placed in your heart as we continue to discuss and study the Word of God
1: together amen welcome uh, to today's podcast as we continue our study in the gospel of matthew Uh, we've been there all week long and making connections all over the bible which is incredible because uh, when you really really begin to study the the word of god you you begin to see that is declaring something to us it's really one prophecy as we said it before the the word of god is one prophecy Uh, the word of god says that the The testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy, and that's what we see uh, in the stories and in in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. He is the fulfillment of that, um, but we also see signs uh, and history repeating itself um, in in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, and it also speaks to us uh, in these last days of what is to come. Amen. Um, So we're going to study from the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, We're going to continue on The Three Temptations of Jesus Christ in the Wilderness. Uh, Matthew chapter 4. So we can go there quickly. Matthew chapter 4. We'll go from verse 1 to verse 11. Amen. Then was
0: Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time Thou dashed thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And said unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou will fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came,
1: and ministered unto him. Amen. Incredible. Um, We've been bringing forth the uh, what the word is. We believe it's telling us concerning uh, the gospel of Matthew, the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, that there is a connection and a fulfillment of the Exodus experience uh, that took place in the Old Testament. Uh, and, and we're seeing it fulfilled in Jesus Christ and that he is the Passover, right? Uh, we, we, we spoke about how him being baptized in, in the prior chapter, chapter three of the gospel of Matthew by John. He was baptized by John in the Jordan River. Um, it, it's a type of of Israel going through the Red Sea. We know that because the Apostle Paul uh, uh, clarifies that and, and tells us that uh, that Israel was baptized unto Moses, right, when they passed through the Red Sea. So we see a baptism here where Jesus is baptized, but that that baptism speaks of a preparation for the wilderness experience um that that you know israel endured uh, jesus ultimately passed the test and he and that's why he is declared the son of god he's not just any man he is the son of god he is god manifested in the flesh but it also speaks to us in these end times that we will also enter a a baptism by fire it's where the holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, is going to drive his people. Why? So he can identify who are his in these last days. So we have an incredible, incredible parallels uh, in, in, in this particular account. Understand this. The Bible is is, is a book of parallels, uh, of events, and, and literally a, a book of movement it is trying to accomplish an end but at the same time it is trying to bring light to to you know what why it necessitates this kind of salvation it gives light to the mystery of the gospel of the unfolding plan of god right so so the bible is a book of movements and again when you read in, in the Old Testament the types and shadows in, in, that we see in the stories, they're not always going to be identical, but they are similar. And and the revelation expands every time concerning the eternal plan of God. Think about that for a moment. You know, as humans, you know, we're deposited into this dimension of time and space, and and when we're born, we just open up our eyes, and there's this world, this, this creation before us, and we're just almost deposited into this planet, and we have no clue, no idea where we've been, where we're at and where we're going. And thus begins the 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 learning, the understanding, right? the search for purpose. And that's where you get the big questions, you know. Uh, uh, why do we exist why are we here is there a God and and all those questions are there because we are deposited into this world unaware of what is taking place then we come in touch with the gospel and the gospel begins to present to us the plan of salvation and we begin to understand that 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 Jesus came to this world the son of God manifested himself died upon a cross, was buried, uh, rose from the dead, and is now seated at the right hand of our Heavenly Father, and He's soon to come again. We begin to understand these things. And and, and we begin to learn, as, as the Scripture tells us, you know, uh, uh, everything that God has desire and, and what His plans are for us. And so it's it's important that we understand that God is trying to reveal to us something so deep, right? And we have to go back to the very beginning. When I say the very beginning, I don't mean the fall of man. I, I mean before the foundation of the world. In order to understand why God came to this world, Jesus, why he came, we have to understand what transpired, what took place before the foundation of the world. Now, remember what the Apostle Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. He said that all these things happen unto them for, for our examples, right? And they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. That's an interesting word that he would use, fall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that's exactly what happened to Lucifer. Right? Mm-hmm. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to men. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. The word ensample literally speaks of something being dramatized so when we read the the account the events that are taking place in Matthew chapter 4 the conflict between good and evil uh, the tempter the devil tempting Jesus Christ we have to understand that that the, the, the conflict between good and evil Is something that began a long time ago, right? It's history repeating itself, right? We read about an end-time disobedience or rebellion that will take place, right, Where, where the Antichrist will show up in the scene and the whole world will herald him as God and really rebel against God, in essence, disobeying God. But the truth of the matter is, all that is just a picture of what took place before the foundation of the world it's the same disobedience that we see in israel in the wilderness which is satanic in nature understand this disobedience that we will see at the end of time is the same disobedience that we see at the beginning and that we see in the exodus the rebellion in the wilderness against god it's the same disobedience the, the disobedience that took place in the wilderness is, is the same disobedience that took place in the Garden of Eden. Right. But all those events—remember, the the book is is, is 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 the Bible is a book of movements, of parallels. They're just a drama of the initial disobedience, of the first disobedience or the first rebellion. That took place in eternity past, that took place in heaven. And it began with the creation of God called Lucifer. So when we're reading the Bible and we're reading the disobedience and rebellion of Adam at the beginning, the disobedience and rebellion of the children of Israel in the wilderness, the disobedience and rebellion. Of, of of mankind at the end of time that we read about in the book of Revelation. It is all a drama to help us understand big-picture things, to help us understand how it all began. Truth of the matter is, when you see the, re- the rebellion, the disobedience in the wilderness, you're really seeing a picture or a drama of what transpired within the heavenly host, the angels of God in heaven, because that's where the rebellion began. So in type and shadow, when you study the, the Exodus, when you study the wilderness experience in, um, in, 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 in the Exodus, you're really seeing and given an inside look into the invisible world of how sin originated. Amen. So Amen. at the end of time, we have that same creature, that same being who began this rebellion in heaven here on earth. And he's and he's performing his will through through the man that the Bible calls the son of perdition, the man of sin. So it's all unfolding unto us. So, so when we read <laughs> the events in Matthew chapter 4, um, or the sequence of events, we're, we're literally seeing an incredible drama, right? They, they also relate to Israel's history. But they really, but it really epitomizes or gives us insight to the conflict between good and evil. And at the end of the day, that's really what Christianity is all about, right? It's a conflict between good and evil. The Apostle Paul tells us that in Ephesians, right? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, or, or, or he tells us to put on the whole armor of God, right? Why? Because we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places, the rulers of darkness of this world. Now, understand this. The, the trials that Israel went through in the wilderness was really a conflict between divine purpose and satanic opposition. Let me say that again. What we see in Israel. in in, in the wilderness experience is, is, is a conflict between the divine purpose of God and satanic opposition. The Word of God tells us in the book of Colossians that so great was this conflict, the rebellion of Satan, and we get insight into this story. We get insight into how God is dealing with sin. We have to go back to the beginning, right? We have to understand where sin originated and in whom it originated, right? It's so great was the sin and, and the fall of Satan, right? And Isaiah spoke about that. It shook everything. It shook all of God's creation. It brought a cosmic disruption, a cosmic disturbance of great proportions that I don't even think we have the minds of. The understanding to properly understand how 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 this fall of Satan when he drew a third part of of the angels you know how how the magnitude of the destruction that it brought that it ultimately came and infected mankind right and and I think it's important for us to really understand that because that's exactly what we're reading. Jesus deal with this issue here on the earth Think about that He didn't have to come to the earth He could have just done away with the earth He could have just cleansed the heavens And done away with mankind But no God's love came Down to this earth For God so loved the world that he gave His only begotten son That whosoever believes in him shall not perish But have everlasting life And for this cause was the son of man manifested that he might destroy the works of the enemy for me and for you who were once you know uh aliens to the commonwealth of israel we we, we 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 didn't belong but he came and took us in and washed us and cleansed us he took us back into the family jesus did so incredible so this is what the gospel Mystery is all about, and the Bible, oh. the testimony of Jesus Christ, the book, the Bible, is giving us insight into this eternal conflict, mm-hmm. and it's also showing us the kind of rebellion we were in before we came to Jesus Christ, okay. when when, Matt, when we were all born, the sons of Adam we were born in rebellion and enmity against god think about that for a moment but the bible says that while we we were yet sinners jesus christ came and died for us he died for the ungodly amen so this is so important i want to lay that groundwork down because that's what we're really seeing in scripture and really that's what it's all about and when you read the book of Revelation. It's God, it's Jesus Christ dealing with this creature, with Satan himself. Incredible. Were you going to say something, Pastor?
0: You know, I think in this, in this hour, many times we don't take time to ponder on the things that you're talking about. While the gospel mm-hmm. is simple that even a little child can understand it, we can oversimplify it because i hear it so many we we think the death of jesus almost selfishly If, if, if hopefully i can if you can understand what i'm going to say if we just relate the death of jesus just jesus came to die for my my sins right everything is mine my sins and which is true and which is powerful in itself but what you're speaking about is is something much more greater and deeper that God wants us to understand. That his that His death, the blood that Jesus shed, it wasn't just for that. It literally, it came because it had to be. There was no other way. Mm-hmm. The heavens had to be cleansed. The cosmos, the world, the universe had been tainted by the disobedience, the rebellion of this angel we used to know as Lucifer that is now the devil.
1: So this, right.
0: this, you know, and the fact is that everything is centered on this atmosphere that we live in time that we call earth. This is where the heart of the problem is. And this is where ultimately God is going to trap Satan in. <laughs> He's going yeah. to be kicked out of heaven and be put into this earth. So, and I think it's it's just when we begin to see the Bible, not just... You know, and again, that's powerful. I don't want to minimize it either, that he died for our sin. But we have to look at it as a whole. Why was it so important? Why did he come? And when we begin to see it from not just my sin, but really cleansing the heavens and what took place at the beginning, as you said, I think we'll be able to begin to understand the plan of God that he's been unfolding throughout the history the clues that he's left us, the things that he's left us uh, to see, you know? So uh, I just wanted to interject that because sometimes, you know, we, we get, you know, we just say, oh, Jesus came to die for our sins and that's it. No, 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 no. There's something more that God is, is revealing. We're just part of this plan.
1: We were affected by it. Yes. Amen?
0: Yeah,
1: and we know that that's, that's- the Bible seems to be indicating that uh, Satan or Lucifer then was here on earth and that the rebellion really started from planet earth. Now we have to understand this, that uh, the division of time and space and eternity took place after the rebellion. So it it seems to indicate that when Lucifer was, and we won't get into that was on, on planet earth, um, that the, the, it was that, 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 all of creation uh, was in the dimension of eternity, but a division had to take place. And that's why we had uh, the division of, of, of time and space and heaven, or the uh, uh, dimension of eternity. So I just wanted to bring that point out, and, and and we've touched on those things. I know Brother Marty has touched on those things, uh, and, and we, uh, we have biblical proof to prove that as well. And Isaiah 14 seems to indicate that as well. We'll go there a little bit later, but uh, in order to understand <laughs> what what it is that Scripture is telling us, look what the Apostle Paul says, and we'll go into Matthew four as the Lord leads. In the book of Colossians, if you can go there, the book of Colossians, the first chapter, um, verse nine. I'll go ahead and read, Pastor it says, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Look what the Apostle Paul says here. And to desire. This is what the intent of the Bible is. And to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will, literally his eternal will. He wants to answer all the questions we have, we human beings have here on earth, in regards to what his eternal plan is and how it involves us, right? It says that we might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom, and all understanding. That means that the word of God is God's wisdom, and in it is concealed his eternal will, the plan of salvation, how he plans to get rid of sin and the devil, and as that pertains to us and our purpose here on earth, while we find ourselves in time and space, right? In all yeah. wisdom, so we we have that available to us. The Bible is declaring that the wisdom that the only the Godhead knew and spoke in secret concerning how they w- how they would redeem mankind and And bring back into harmony that which was disturbed that is the cosmos it was it was only known as the book of Ephesians says by God the Father, but is now given unto Jesus, who now gives it unto his servants that's what the book of revelation says this wisdom is available for us, he says, and spiritual understanding understand this that What we need to understand is spiritual. It's not carnal. It's not natural. The natural just gives us insight into the spiritual. That's what we see in the scripture. That's what we see in the story of the exodus. That's what we see in in Jesus Christ's life and ministry. That's what's taking place in Matthew chapter 4. The conflict of the ages is now here on earth, right? And it says this, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. This is so powerful. Because once you begin to understand the wisdom of God, the spiritual understanding, and and, and when you're filled with the knowledge of his will, it's almost like you have that aha moment, like, my God, I get it now. I see what the scripture is telling me. I see what his eternal purpose is now. I see why it necessitated Jesus Christ coming to this world to deal with sin and to deal with Satan. I understand now where it all began because I now know where it all began through the very and many examples in Scripture that has given us light into this conflict. I now know where we're going. And because I now know where we've been, where I'm at, and where we're going, I can walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. I can now walk in his perfect will. Incredible. Incredible what what the Apostle Paul is saying here. And then when you are now walking worthy and in his perfect will, worthy of the Lord and pleasing God, look what begins to happen. You begin to be fruitful. It says, being fruitful in every good work. Now, everything you do has purpose because you have entered into the purpose of God and have understood who you are in this work that he is performing on the earth. And you understand that you are a vessel in his army to ultimately bring about the victory that he has already won. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Hallelujah. Didn't say it was going to be easy, but he did say it was going to be joyful. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. He's up to something big. He's up to something marvelous. Go ahead, Pastor.
0: You know, that, that word in spiritual understanding, it speaks of knowledge and then it speaks about of his will and all wisdom. So it's not just the understanding of, of of his will, but also the part that 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 we play in this. In this mm-hmm. unfolding plan, God we're in it. Not just as the vessels that he came to redeem, but also to announce, to fulfill, you know, and that understanding speaks about a mental putting together, right? Yeah, it, it speaks about running together, a flowing together with. <laughs> see, it, see, you can't flow together unless you first have the knowledge of his will. When you have the knowledge of his will, then you can come to a spiritual understanding where you can now flow together. Hallelujah. And then yeah. we can begin to walk. <laughs> walk worthy. worthy of the Lord. Man. So we, we I, also I, have to be go ahead, go ahead,
1: go ahead, brother. No no go no, ahead. No no go ahead, brother. That. No no I just, no, it's important. No, that's it's all important I what you were saying. saying. Yes. Yeah. No, I I get no. a kick out of preachers preachers today who preach messages on finding your purpose. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? As though yeah. so God saved you for your purpose. Your dream. Oh. Yeah. Your dream, right. <laughs> No, we're saved by his purpose and grace, for his purpose. What we need to find is his purpose. What is God up to? He didn't save us so that we can now go into our purpose. Mm -hmm. It's his purpose that we need to align ourselves with. He is not going to align ourselves with our purpose, because our purpose is Mm -hmm. is fallen. It's contaminated. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's, you know, it's, it's yeah. quite incredible. And let's go on here in verse 12. It says, giving thanks unto the Father. That's what happens now when you come in touch with the with, uh, the knowledge of his will. Right? You give thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers. You understand it. You have this moment of enlightenment, of revelation, where you, you are almost in awe that he would even choose you. Yeah. <laughs> That He would even yeah. choose you to be a partaker of the inheritance of the, in, in, of the saints in light. Yes. You know when I read scripture and I and I and I understand, you know, the big picture as as the Lord was ultimately trying to get Job to understand, and it took him about what, you know, some thirty-eight, thirty-nine chapters until he finally realized that he was a part of something bigger and that ultimately God was showing him how he was going to deal with the one who was persecuting him, who was who who, who was accusing him. He spoke about dealing with leviathan, right? Mm-hmm. Think about that. Uh, the last chapter of Job's book, he starts praising God. Hallelujah. Oh, I wish that we would go through great tribulation when we come out of it we praise God. Hallelujah, right? <laughs> Yeah, and we would give yes. him glory. How many of us do that? We go through some. But we don't thank God. We don't thank the Father because we have not understood the purpose of why we go through trials, and what that's is good. what is, what God is trying to do, and what's what is unfolding in the unseen world, and that's taking place yes. here on earth, right? right? It says, notice what he says: Who has delivered us from the power? There it is of. Darkness. Mm. And have translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. That's exactly what we see in Matthew four, verse sixteen. If you read it, it says, "The people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung sprung up." up. Jesus began to preach, "Repent, for the kingdom of God is here." He was announcing to the world. Listen, there's a spiritual conflict that took place before you were created, the whole world was created. But I've come down here to preach that there is a new kingdom. To to put on notice the the kingdom of darkness. To repent, to have men repent. And when we we repent, we then in obedience to him And surrender and yielding to him, enter into his kingdom and become part of his family. And now we're on the other side, right? We're on the other team. we were on the team of the devil, but now we're on the team of Jesus Christ and our Father, which is in heaven. Empowered by his Holy Spirit. But this is a daily thing we must fight against, to to deny ourselves deny the flesh, to deny that sinful, disobedient nature within us that is rebellion against God, that is satanic in nature. The conflict of the spirit and the flesh is the conflict of good and evil within us. And it is a picture of the conflict that that took place in the beginning with the fall of Satan. Amen? Amen. Let me keep going here. This is good. It says, uh, verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood. That's what the cross did. Even the forgiveness of sins. What what really did the blood of Jesus accomplish? Why did Jesus have to become flesh? Why did God have to become flesh and go to the cross? Was it just to die for my sins so that I can have access To my Heavenly Father? Yes, absolutely. But it was much more than that. Right? It it was to bring back into harmony the cosmos, all of God's creation that was affected and disrupted when, when Lucifer fell. And that's why you make the statement, right, Pastor? You say, man, you know... You know, what what really is the cross? It's just salvation for me. Right. And that's it? No. You're a part of something great. You you are you are granted uh uh this this you know, to be a partaker and to have knowledge of the will of God concerning what he's doing and what he's always intended to do. That's why I said at the beginning that the Bible is a book of movement. It is it is a, a book of parallel events where God is trying to unfold something in time and space. But as He's unfolding His plan, He's also trying to give us clues and evidence and pictures and and and, and dramas through these stories of 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 the eternal conflict.
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah. and we we
1: see we see the end of that eternal conflict at the end of the bible the book of revelation the bible starts with a conflict in the garden and ends with the conflict in the world stage right right see
0: uh the apostle peter uh brother Fernando uh again did Jesus just come to die for our sins? Look what Peter says. Yes, he did, right? He came once and suffered for sins for the, the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the spirit. But uh, Peter also adds that all of this also gave him, he, he went down right to the, uh, to hell and he preached, right? To who? to those who were in some time were disobedient. It's talking about the time, the fallen angels in the time of Noah, right? Who waited, the suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing. And at the end in verse 22, it speaks about Jesus going into heaven and is sitting on the right hand of God. And then it says this, right? Because we're speaking about the eternal conflict that exists. He speaks about angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him mm-hmm. yeah that gives us an insight of 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 the power of what christ did at the cross not only you know cleanse sins i mean it, it went and it corrected things that happened of disobedience in the past but it also put angels and authority and powers that were made subject unto him that's an insight that this yeah. dilemma this conflict this war that has existed for, for even before before what you were, we're talking about before the foundation of the earth. This is what the the, the cross of Christ redeemed us. This is what the blood of Jesus also did. It 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 subjected everything under His authority,
1: whether angels, authorities, powers. It, it, yeah, right. It means that that something in His creation went rogue. You know, and that needs to be subdued, right? And the word that's used is to to be be made subject. That's good, right? Something in his creation went rogue, out of order, that -hmm. ultimately came and affected us, mankind, in the garden. And Adam cast in his lot in this rebellion that began before the foundation of the world. What Israel did in the wilderness was just that. Their rebellion wasn't just a rebellion because they were hungry and and loved Egypt and all the partying that took place over there and, you know, their gods and all that. No, their their rebellion was satanic in nature. We have to understand that.
0: They were manifesting it, right?
1: How do we know that? Because of what the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 4. It is a type, a a picture of of the Exodus wilderness experience. And Jesus is dealing with the one who was inspiring that generation to rebel against God. Right. The devil himself. Right. Let's keep reading here in Colossians. It's so powerful it says it says and who verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Notice what it says here. Listen very carefully, for by him were all things created. Notice, in case you think you, you know God's creation is only uh, the planet, planet Earth, and and and, and the in the universe, you know, and 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 there's nothing else out there. There is because the Apostle Paul tells us this, he says that are in heaven. Notice, and that are in earth. So we have. We have multiple dimensions. Right. And then he says this, visible and invisible. So God's creation is both visible and invisible. Mm -hmm. And when we begin to understand things from that point of view, Mm -hmm. then we will begin to enter in to the knowledge of his will. If we're just thinking earthly and not thinking big picture, then we won't really be understand the, the knowledge of the will of God. What is his will? What is he up to? He's telling us what he's up to. The Lord is telling us. It says, and it says whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, both good and evil. Right, we know that the Lord has a host of angels. They all hold rank, and we see evidence of that throughout Scripture. The truth of the matter is, when you be- read the Book of Revelation, that's that's really what the Bible begins to declare. You begin to see a lot of angelic activity, right, both good and bad, so forth and so on. Says all things. Notice the word all. That includes that includes me and in you. It's not just speaking about me and you and this planet and the surrounding planets and stars in the air and in in outer space. It's speaking of all creation, all things, and by Him all things consist. Notice, and He is the head. I have a little uh posted here. He says He is the head of the body, the church. He is preeminent in the church. He's taking his proper position, right? But he had to do it judiciously. He had to do it by dying on the cross first, becoming the perfect sacrifice. Then because he was the perfect sacrifice, he rose from the dead, right? Because he rose from the dead, he now rules as king. He can now... Subdue those that are in rebellion against him and bring back into proper order the cosmos, all of creation, all that was disturbed by the fall of Lucifer. And because he is the head of the church first of his new creation, his new sons and daughters, right, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead that in all things he might have the preeminence. Right now when he rose from the dead, he became preeminent, the head of the church, but he's not finished there. It says it says that in all things he might have the preeminence. What Jesus Christ is doing right now because of the cross and his precious blood and his resurrection and he's now seated at the at the right hand of the father given all power and heaven and earth. He is beginning to put all things back into order. And when the story is all said and done, he will be preeminent over all things, and everything will be back in perfect harmony and order. For it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell. Hallelujah. All in him. In Jesus, notice this, what it says in verse 20, and having made peace or cosmic peace, that's really what the word means. Having made peace, not just for man, but all creation, both visible and invisible, that which can be seen and that which cannot be seen. Sin sin originated in the realm that cannot be seen. We learn about that realm through scripture. We get spiritual understanding, the apostle Paul said. Truth of the matter is, we are seated in heavenly places, our new man. Many Christians really don't know who that new man is because they're still carnal. They don't have spiritual understanding. Right? So that's the story for another day. But it says he made peace, or cosmic peace, through the blood of his cross. By him. To reconcile, that word reconcile means to, uh, um, that, that he's bringing back into perfect harmony and order. All things, notice, all things, not just and you, we're a part of this great salvation, unto himself. By him I say whether they be things, notice, in earth or things in heaven, through Christ, God, achieved. It's reconciling of all things. Think about that for a moment. What what, what the word of God is declaring here is that heaven and earth have been brought back into divine and determined order. It was always God's determination to bring back things into order. How did he do that? When Jesus died on the cross and resurrected from the dead, it, it was his exaltation and, and, and his resurrection of Christ that ultimately declared that he had the power and that things will be brought back into order. So it's only it's been two thousand years, and God in His grace and mercy has been reaching out to mankind to choose a side, really. <laughs> when it comes down to it, uh, whose side are you on? Right? right? That's it, why the it, Bible it. says
0: that he is long-suffering, right? That he's long-suffering. Yeah. You know, waiting. He's patiently. Just like in the days of yeah. Noah, you know, he, he was patiently waiting. He's long-suffering. And at the end, only eight people came in, right? But that's for another day. But, yeah, he is he's long-suffering. You know, we 2,000 yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. years. Yeah, and he's reconciled the universe. It's, it's, it's under its proper head, right? Verse 18 says, and he is the head of the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and in all things, he might have the preeminence. He's going to be the head of this new creation with his new sons and a new heaven and a new earth. Hallelujah. That's what the book of Revelation talks about. I mean, this is this is amazing. Um, <laughs> what what the Lord is declaring? This is the will that the Apostle Paul is talking about—the knowledge of His will. Notice, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. This is what we have a picture of in Matthew chapter 4. If we have eyes to see, all things are going to be brought under him into proper order. Jesus being born under intense persecution of King Herod. Him being baptized in the Jordan River of John. And him coming and having this confrontation in the wilderness. Was declared to this planet who is ruled by a king named Satan. He was declaring to this world and to the powers of darkness that he had come. Hallelujah. That he had come. Because it says in verse 17, and I was going to get into some other things here, but we'll we'll, we'll go ahead and, and end here, Pastor. It says, in verse 17 of Matthew 4, it says, from that time, Jesus began to preach. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> and to say, Holy. repent for the kingdom of heaven, of heaven, is at hand.
0: Hallelujah. I'm here, right? That's what he was declaring. Yes. I have a ride. I've come to take it, which rightfully, I, I sense his presence when you read that right now. Yes. Repent for the kingdom of God. I am here. Jesus said, saying, I am that kingdom. The kingdom is now in you. I got it. i come... To possess what's mine. It's rightfully mine. That's powerful. Hallelujah. Yes. That's, the, that's, that's, that's what the message we've got to be bringing, right, in this hour. Amen. Because the kingdom of darkness is here upon us, church. But there is a remnant that, as Jesus did, we're here to, to declare the kingdom of God is at hand.
1: Hallelujah. That's what we're well, fighting for. Ahead, i mean take to take into perspective the last four years that have taken place in our nation what ha- what do you see the violence, the 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 hate in particular this last year right it all culminated this last year the striving of the winds as we spoke about right the four winds What really took place these last four years, and where are we headed? I think that the powers of darkness know the time is short. Yes. The powers of darkness, the angels of the Lord in heaven are gearing up for this final fight. you know who's not many many christians they're preparing to 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 settle in so to speak in this earth not me my brother not us not that are not those that are called not those whom he is the head of hallelujah not those who have the knowledge of his will we understand what's taking place. We understand that we are in preparation. We understand that he is coming. But
0: Brother Fernando, if I may just ask a, a question, you know, um, while there's many people who are not fighting, right, uh, <laughs> they don't know what they're doing in this hour. And then there are those that are attempting to fight against the powers of darkness, but without, and this is the question. Mm-hmm. Are they trying to do it without the knowledge of the will of God? Does that make sense? Yeah. Without a proper understanding of, you know, give you an example. Well, well okay, let's stop of,
1: there. How do we know but, that? How do we know that they're trying to fight this battle that way? Because they're not preaching the coming of the Lord. That's it. There you go. Plain and simple. If if right. if, if the church truly knew the knowledge of the will of God and and it was being taught to them as the apostle was teaching the church of Colossians. Then they will understand the times we're in, but you don't see that being preached in, in America's pulpits, nor do you hear that when you speak to believers. They're caught up in the very system of the world that belongs to the devil. Politics belongs to the devil. It's his system. Amen. That's it. That's it. Go right, ahead, Pastor. No,
0: and 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 how are we trying to combat? You know, you you said it, brother. I couldn't have said it any 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 better. How do we know that? Because the coming of the Lord is not being preached. We think we can combat this thing with, with, our, with concerts like they did, you know, singing songs and, and having people declaring things. And No, this is much bigger. If we don't understand what is the will of God, the knowledge of the will of God, and the spiritual understanding, then we will not be able to know what we're facing and where we're at. We don't even know the times that we are living. Most preachers pre- are preaching to you that everything's going to go back and God is going to send everything's going to go back to normal. We're going to go back to our churches. Revival is coming. Really? You don't see what just took place, the to transfer, what's been happening. Has God not been speaking to us in 2020 as we have been quarantined? Our temples have been shut. I mean, do we really know what is? the knowledge of his will. What is his eternal purpose? Only those, he says, that's what Daniel speaks about, right? That are being washed, the garments are being washed, that are being purified, that are being tried, will have an understanding. Because this is the hour, church, that God is revealing to us the eternal plan that has been hidden in the word of God from the beginning. And we have come now to the book of Revelation, right, where the Bible says it is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave to him to show unto his servants the things that will shortly come to pass. As we've been studying in Matthew 4 and 5, as Jesus went into the wilderness, and, and, and hallelujah, and when he came out of the wilderness, he came out preaching in power, saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. I have come to possess what's mine. That is to put the dark the dark powers in on blast to them to know he has come already. But you're right, yeah, brother. We have to analyze. Again. Right? We have to analyze in this hour. That they're, you know, we know what the powers of darkness are doing. But what are God's children doing? Are they prepared? Do they understand the time that we have come? This is what everything has pushed us through. through the, we have come to the last frontier of time and space. And many believers, that's the sad part, do not understand what they're facing.
1: Mm-hmm. are, we, where we're are we preparing are we preparing for our exodus are we preparing for our exodus are we preparing for the wilderness experience that is here and is coming is he the head of your life is he preeminent uh-huh in your life? Does you have preeminence in all that you do? Are you bearing fruit? Are you aware of why he's put you in this in this earth? Are you fulfilling that that mandate, his purpose in your life? Those are questions that we have to ask ourselves. That's right. right. I pray that you do. The Bible says, "Let every man examine himself, to see if he be in the faith." Mm. That's what we will do with the Lord's help. Oh yeah. I pray that this podcast has blessed you. There's so much more, um, but above all. That that joyfulness that the apostle Paul spoke about may flood your soul, and fill your heart. Because he is coming, church. These are exciting times. Repent. Yes, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Praise God. Yes,
0: brother Fernando, it's been a, a tremendous, and I believe the Lord uh, kind of shifted us into this uh, first book of chapter of Colossians and. I want to encourage the people to go back and and read this this chapter again and really read the whole book. But this this specific chapter, God is revealing to us his eternal plan and why he put us on this earth. You know, uh, Brother Marty always says, there's a reason why God didn't put you in the 1400s. You weren't born in the 1500s, 1800s. You were born in such a time like this. God chose you. We are truly a chosen generation. Consider yourself to be privileged to see the things that the apostles saw from afar. We are seeing it. There is a kingdom that is here. There is a kingdom that is coming. This wicked kingdom of darkness that is here before us right now, it ain't going to last. It's just for a few, short time. As you said, the devil knows that he has but a short time. But just a few more weary days and then. We're going to fly. But the thing is that that kingdom is in us. And I want to encourage you, as as Brother Fernando said, we pray that you are encouraged and really dig into chapter one of Colossians because it does reveal the eternal plan concerning not just this earth, but the cosmos. Hallelujah. Invisible things, visible and invisible. All things were created by him. For his pleasure. Hallelujah. Oh, that I may know him. Oh, that I may know his will, his plan in this hour. We love you with all our hearts and we pray that, uh, again, that you've been blessed today. I pray that you join us tomorrow as we continue in our journey studying and discussing the word prophetically, what God is saying in this hour. Meanwhile, may God bless you, may God keep you,
1: and as always, keep looking up.